Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. Danny, we're at a new location on this sun-splashed Tuesday morning in the QC. It's great to see you here at Muggs Coffee Bar. Sunny but cold, Johnny. (laughs) Sunny but cold, my friend. You've ordered a full uh, French press over here (laughs) that has been brought to our table, and I like that vibe. I I love it here at Muggs because I said, I'll take a cup of French press, and they gave us an entire French press thing. I've been just like (laughs) refilling. I think I, I... this is beautiful. Having a big pot of coffee and a mug at my table is dangerous for me because I never really know how much I've had. I'm just constantly topping it off after a few sips every time. So yeah. I'm hyped up. I'm, I'm caffeinated. I'm, I'm not quite to jittery yet. So we should be in that sweet spot, that good zone. And uh, love a new location on the show. Love a new manager at the club. And love a new experience for you and I, John. We had a lot of fun doing something we'd never done before. Yeah, we did. And we were, we're going to talk about that in a second. Let me just tell people where Muggs is. It's on Park Road in South Charlotte, uh, right by the corner of uh, Park Road and Selwyn Avenue here in the in the um, the retail district here. There's Harris Teeter in here. I, I've never... Right by Al's Tavern. Uh, Lou's Tavern. Yeah, Lou's Tavern. Excuse Lou's me, Tavern. sorry. Al, Al, Al yeah. Al, Lou, yeah. one of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yes, we are here to talk about Dean Smith, his introductory press conference. And Danny, we were there. We've got a lot to discuss about our time spent at Atrium Health Performance Park on Monday. Danny wanted to start the show with playing your question from the press conference, which I I thought was a fantastic question. Let's hear how Dean Smith answered it. Our supporters, our hardcore supporters, about the match day atmosphere that we can bring to help the squad be as most successful uh, on the pitch. Well, I think from the numbers that we get into the stadium for the home games, you know, um, tells you its own story how much they support this football club. And our job is to, to make sure that we make every team that comes to, to play us at the Bank of America Stadium dislike it. You know, we want to make a siege mentality where it's us against them and go and get as many points as we can. Um, you know, make it a real tough place to come, but enjoyable, certainly for supporters and, and ourselves. So tell me about the experience. I mean, what an honor. Uh, you know, it's it seems a little cheesy, you know, like being proud that I asked a question. But, you know, it was, it was fun to be there. It was, it was fun to be in the room. You know, I've worked in media my whole career, so I'm, I'm no stranger to a press conference room. Right. But a lot of times I'm the producer. I'm the behind-the-scenes guy. Like, I'm, I'm the guy setting up the, the reporters and the question askers. So it was, it was fun to sort of flip the script a little bit there and be someone who, who participates in, the, in a presser like that, that I've, something I've been close to my whole life so very cool and my whole point of asking the question you know I, I, I had a friend say oh you're lobbing softballs to the new manager already and I'd just say hey first off it was a softball game so of course I'm going to lob softballs I mean it's a, it's a new manager press conference at a, at a young MLS club we're not exactly doing war and peace here so I don't, I don't think it, we needed to necessarily be grilling the new guy on his introductory presser so I was happy to just hear from him and I want to I think my question was pointed in the direction of what this show is all about, which is the fans. The first words that were ever spoken on the show, soccer's for the fans by you, Johnny. And so I was going to ask Dean Smith about the fans. And I want to know what is his message to the fans? What does he know about the fan culture we've built here? And 
what does he need from us to make it even better? Well, like I've always said, you know, we are the club. The, the the players and the fans are equally parts of the club. It's just a matter of squad and supporters, and we're all in this together. And so that's what I want to know is how can we contribute? And I loved the the, the phrase that we picked out, the, you know, that you picked out for your article, Johnny, which was siege mentality. I love when you ask a guy a question, you get like a great, just a drop of great phrase like that. And siege mentality is how I'm approaching every game of the Fortress for this season. Well, it's perfect because it fits into the theme of, I think, what we've tried to create on this show, which is fill the fortress, protect the keep, and that royal theme that Charlotte FC has developed to create such a great brand, right? The, the right. club, all the club, all of a sudden has this fantastic brand, and, and whether whether what? Dean Smith was doing this on purpose or not with that phrase, I don't think he was. How is a, a club that's called the Crown? just now hiring its first English manager. What, what are we doing here? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, it feels like a, it feels like a natural appointment. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, you're right. And I, and I wrote about that phrase, um, siege mentality. You can hear my column. If you stick around to the end of this podcast, you can hear me recite the column on the show. First time we're doing that. Um, but you can also go to the Substack page, Charlotte Soccer City, and read the column there as well. The link to that column will be in the show notes. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to that. It's free. And it, it will remain free for the entirety of 2024 and the 2024 campaign. So excited for everybody that's to... A, that's a big promise because this is going to be valuable stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, you need to be on this Substack. Like, it's just up, getting up and running here in this, like, the deadest part of the offseason and you're already cranking out content. I can't even imagine what's going to happen once we get up and running um, for the games. So just stick around. Listen to the episode and you can hear hear me uh, recite that, that column here at the end. I, I heard this on one of my favorite podcasts, which is the No Laying Up podcast. A golf column, Kevin Van Valkenburg, KVV, uh, former ESPNer, uh, like myself. Karen ESPNer, you are, Danny. People Don't forget that, people. This, this guy's a pro. And... Um, I heard him do that on a podcast recently, and I thought to myself, wow, I should do that on the Charlotte Soccer Show. So props to No Laying Up for giving me a great idea. The universe, the Charlotte Soccer Show universe is growing and expanding in all kinds of directions <laughs> and ways. A uh, ton of firsts for, for us uh, this month on the show. Uh, but we, we stay true. Like, heading into year three, I'm just so excited because... Uh, I, I'm I just the discussions and the conversations that we're going to be able to have the, the parties like I just foresee so many great things under this new regime coming in I feel like you know maybe fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me fool me three times I'm probably a Charlotte FC supporter I mean I, like I'm, I'm all in for the new manager and the new like everything that's going to happen I, I truly believe and until proven otherwise I remember, you remember how overconfident I was at the start of last year I, I thought we were going to go and just destroy the league in year two it didn't happen but I'm right back where I was I think we're going to go destroy the league in year three now and there's reason to believe that it's not just a pipe dream. I mean, we have good foundation of players. You know, it's never a good thing to have that dubious honor of leading the league and drop points from winning positions, but regression to the mean is your fa is your friend in that case. There was a couple questions at the press conference about dropping points in the last 15 minutes. I know sporting director Zoran Cronetta didn't want to hear that question. He's sick of hearing <laughs> uh, about the last 15 minutes of every Zoran, match. Zoran's body language in the presser was so great because all the questions were for Dean, and Zoran at one point he's like, why am I sitting up here again? And then every question they asked Z was like, 
I can't answer that right now. We're here to talk about Dean. <laughs> it's just so funny. It was. It was. There was some some really fun moments at the press conference. I thought um, some some questions. I, first of all, Scott Fowler was kind of sitting very close to David Tepper, which was hilarious <laughs> to begin with. Uh, <laughs> Two old buddies. Do your research on that one on your own time. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. And then uh, secondly, the reporter from uh, the the Charlotte Observer, I think his name's Alex Zylo. Yeah, he was basically standing right next to David Tepper and was like, so three coach, this is the third coach. And there was like a couple awkward questions like that really didn't fit the vibe of the day. There was a U.S. Open question as well. Right. And right. It, this goes to the, to the point that you were talking about as far as, you know, people saying, oh, the, yeah, your question was a softball question. One thing about the media business that I wholeheartedly believe in and uh, someone that you and I have worked closely with talk, taught me this, which is you kind of have to know your platform. Yeah. Because your platform changes day to day, hour to hour. Like, where is your voice at the moment? And was that the right time to ask really difficult, tough questions of the sporting director? No, it absolutely was, was not because you're doing Dean Smith a disservice because right. Dean Smith is, is brand new into this regime. He's, he's part of this club for the first time, officially right. being introduced. Why are we turning over old leaves mm -hmm. with uh, Zoran Cronetti? You can do that uh, maybe afterwards right. as well, because the, the club provided a great opportunity for media members to talk one-on-one -on -one with Dean Smith, to talk one-on-one -on -one with Zoran Cronetta, with the whole front office, with a bunch of people um, afterwards as well. So there was opportunity to have those conversations, but right there, and you can, you can see this, and I'm not saying that anybody did grandstand at this press conference. I don't think anybody did that. Um, but you can pick it out easily when someone chooses the wrong platform to voice something that probably doesn't fit. Yeah, well, the, the quality of a question is, is usually gauged, I've learned in this business, by the answer that it elicits. So when you get a good answer, you ask a good question. And when you ask a question where the answer is I'm not going to talk about that right now because that's not what we're here to talk about. Then you probably shouldn't have asked the question because you wasted everybody's time, for sure. I think the analogy is not a perfect one, but what I, it pops in my mind is, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, the the young member of a family brings the the new significant other, boyfriend or girlfriend, home for, for the holidays, you know, uh, to the family, Always and it's, it's like Dean Smith was that was that new love interest who's been brought in, <laughs> and we're like the uncles and aunts, you know, and like. Are we gonna put on a? Are we gonna act like a bunch of assholes and grill this guy in his first time in this new place? Or are we gonna show him what we're all about and say, "Hey, we're a loving family. We're a community. We're here to build. We want you to succeed. We want this new relationship to flourish." And so that's why it was the that was the tone to take in that situation. That's where our voice and our platform need to be, and, a, and not just us, everybody in the room. Oh, it's a it's a great analogy, honestly, and it's a it's very personal to me because that's basically how my marriage happened. <laughs> <laughs> It's that um, I outkicked my coverage and my family realized that like very quickly. And I never in my life before have I have I you know, seen my family, specifically my aunt and my parents and my sister and that whole crew. I remember my aunt like giving a pep talk, being like, 
hey, Rachel's coming up here. Everybody, be on your best fucking behavior. <laughs> don't like, scare don't, this girl yeah, away. Like, yeah. Don't screw this up for him, please. <laughs> Whatever you do. That's great. They came through, yeah. Yeah, so, and they did it come worked. through. And, and I think the point is um, exactly that, where you know Dean Smith was supposed to feel like he was walking into a positive environment with a good culture, and despite maybe some things that have happened in the past that didn't matter on that day, which was which on Monday, December 18th. Right now, things will change as we move forward. Danny, the Super Draft, as yeah. we're recording it this yeah. morning, you know, Dean Smith got introduced uh, on Monday, and he will select he will select his first players on Tuesday, which is which yeah. is pretty hilarious to think about. And people did ask him like, how familiar are you with the squad? And he he, he noted, hey, I haven't really even checked in with the squad yet. I've talked to Ashley West with the captain, but. I wonder how much of that was artifice. I have a feeling it was more like he didn't want to mention certain players and not mention other players. You know, I'd have to think that he's got some a little bit more formulated opinions of the squad than he revealed in that presser, probably in his mind. I agree that he has opinions formulated, but I believe him at face value as far as not talking to anybody. Yeah, I'm not saying he would lie. I don't think he would directly yeah. lie about no, that. That's something I just, I just think that I, it's not in his best interest to talk to anyone. Right. Good point. And everyone's on vacation. That's what he said. And that's the because you don't want to sign. You don't want to send the wrong message. George Marks was out freaking hiking in Hawaii with Koa Santos. Uh, we, oh really? Yeah. If you stalk the Instagrams, you know where everybody's <laughs> at. You know who's working really hard this offseason, by the way? Kalina. Kalina's just uh, he is a gym life IG in it like big time. This, Good. This, this, this is a big opportunity yeah. for him. Huge yeah. opportunity for him because when you think about MLS and what position has kind of started to get big time transfers, it's it's the goalie position. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying this happens to, to Kalina because he's kind of over the hill as far yeah. as age is concerned for that. But at the same time, you know, coming off of, of back surgery and trying to prove to the new manager that he's the guy um, to, to lead this team, we've talked about that. And I think mentioning Kalina as somebody that's working hard is a very good thing because he needs yeah. to be working hard. This isn't uh, his job to walk back to. It's, it's, right. it's anybody's job. And hopefully everybody's working hard. And hopefully the manager will get to know these guys and, and start to figure out what he wants to do with his squad. I bring it up as just a point to say that he's probably not uh, the major decision maker on the, the super draft that's happening uh, t- later today after we record this but episode. I, I don't disagree with that. I'm sure he can weigh in. Right. And he can, he can look at some players and be like, well, in my experience, it's taught me that we should make the decision this way if it's either or. But I think that uh, Thomas and Zorin and, and Ben will be all over the... Uh, the, the main draft decisions, hopefully, today. I, I agree. I agree they will be, but Dean Smith's input will, and, and he said as much during the press conference or afterwards. He basically was just like, hey, I let them know what I prefer, yeah. and they go get that. Yeah, I don't expect him to be a shrinking violet in the room whatsoever. Yeah. He definitely, uh, when he walked in, he kind of had the presence. He kind of he owned the room, you know, for the most part. Uh, you know, he, he's he's a tall guy. He's a big guy. Like he he has he has like a physical presence that like, and he's affable and he's smiling and he's laughing. A lot, a lot of the pictures I saw, every picture I saw, the guy's smiling. It was taken from yesterday, and I just think can't wait for me to start. You know? I'll tell you a good nugget from from afterwards. I uh, got a chance to to talk to Dean Smith. Uh, the the club did such a nice job hosting uh, the media members afterwards for for a lunch. 
and um, introduced Dean Smith, uh, had him available for some one-on-ones. I know there's some interviews out there with some other outlets. I just wanted to introduce myself and say hello, and um, we got to talking, of course, about golf. You mentioned golf in your question yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had so, a head enough, but you, uh, after talking, give him something to remember you by. You know, a, I was the only person that asked him about golf. If next time he sees me, he's like, "Hey, that's the guy that asked me about." Well, I told him. I said, "Hey, that was the, um, John was Charlotte Soccer Show. My co-host is the one that asked you about golf during the press conference." Um, and we just talked to Greg Evans, who, by the way, told you to say hello. And he goes, oh, Greg? He, he lit up immediately. He said, oh, Greg, oh, he's he still with The Athletic? Tell him I said hello. So that connection is real, 100% between both of those. Guys, go you back can, and you listen to that back, episode. You yeah. go back and listen to our previous episode with Greg Evans from The Athletic. Gave us the inside story on Dean Smith. Uh, Greg has known Dean, and Dean has known Greg for from quite a bit of time. Um, both, uh, I guess, cut their uh, teeth in the West Midlands. <laughs> Um, Greg with the Birmingham Mail and, and now the Athletic and, and of course um, Dean with Warsaw Walsall Walsall yeah, yeah. Walsall. it's it's hard to hard to pronounce but anyway um, I said to him Danny I, I said hey have you gotten down to Augusta because Greg had mentioned something yes. about the Masters yeah. I figured that he had played I said did you play Augusta and he goes oh no no I was actually in fact I was uh, was at Augusta for the Masters last year. And that's when I got a call that said Leicester City wants to hire you. Wow. So he was on the grounds at Augusta. Wow. And he couldn't do anything because you're not allowed to bring your phone yeah. in there. <laughs> and so I, said, I, so, I, so I asked him, I said, wait a minute, did you, did you use one of the pay phones that are available at Augusta National to, 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 to sign the deal with, with Leicester City? He's like, no, I didn't use the payphones, but I did have to go. I did have to leave the premises and yeah. go home and figure out the and get on a flight and get back to England so I could uh, finish the season with Leicester City. Amazing. And then he kind of racked his brain. He said, you know what? When I got hired by Norwich, I was in New York. And when I got hired by Charlotte, I was in New York. He's like, wait a minute, I've got my last three jobs. I've been in the United States as I've uh, decided that I was going to take the job. Which wow. I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so he's 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 somebody that is regularly here on the U.S. on U.S. soil, and is, is somebody that I think isn't coming in blind, right? He he gets the culture. He understands the vibe here. I think this is going to work better than a Wayne Rooney appointment, than a, well, a Gary Neville appointment, mm-hmm. uh, than mm-hmm. English call. English appointments that we've seen in the past. I just which which one of the Neville's? I I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, one I of the Neville's. I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gary and who? Phil. I Phil. Think, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Phil. Yeah, exactly. They both right. suck. Totally. Thanks for correcting me on that. I think man, that, I think you've correct. I think you've corrected me on that. No, three or four, myself. Yeah, three yeah, or four yeah. times on the show because I I legitimately. Don't I think know. it is Phil that we're talking about here in this. Okay. okay. Gary's the broadcast. Gary's a um, sportscaster now. They both played for Man United. I hate them both. Gary's the one that did that uh, great interview with Deli Alley. Right. There you go. Yeah. Right. He did. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Now maybe that maybe that'll help me remember for the next for the next time around. So anyway, it was really nice to just kind of shoot the breeze with with Dean Smith yesterday. Obviously, got to catch Aaron it. Neville is my only Neville brother. I just gotta say, you know, it maybe awesome. it ain't over till it's over. I uh, made sure I gave Darius Barnes some love. Congratulated him for God, uh, winning him. MLS Next. Pro I told him that it was the interview the on our show that put him over the top for Executive <laughs> of the Year. He said, "You're probably right about that, Rams. You're probably right." I've got some. Uh, um, well, some inside information from Zorn we can discuss after this this recording as well. Something I learned yesterday that was, that was very interesting. Doesn't isn't paramount to to the squad today, but just maybe a bit of history about the squad. Um, 
we'll, we'll talk about uh, when the microphone's off. But anyway, that, that's the type of access that we're, we're getting here on the Charlotte Soccer Show. We just want to thank the club. I want to thank the club for giving us that opportunity on Monday, involving us, because uh, specifically Woody Wilder, who, who runs communications for Charlotte FC, I need to give him props on this show for, for one specific reason, right? It's because you and I have worked with many people throughout our career who have that role. Yeah. And there's certain ways that you can operate within that role. And one of the ways that you can operate is to totally box out new media. Mm-hmm. To not respect new media and to just hang your hat on, you know, doing the... The, the, the media the around the local NBC affiliate and you know the, Joe Schmo radio the, the paper yeah, yeah. The, the radio affiliate and not only were we in the house the Queen's Pitch was in the house as Crown well cast. the Crown Cast was Probably there fan yeah, the, so, TV yeah, exactly so as far as new media in the in the building Charlotte FC just knocked it out of the park so congrats to them on that yeah and I would say we wouldn't have had even a chance of getting invited to that room if it wasn't for the strength of TIFO's nation. Like, Mm -hmm. the fact that we have the very best podcast listening audience in the entire world Mm -hmm. is what makes this show strong enough to be part of the scene. Thank thank you all very much for doing that, because otherwise we'd be screwed. Yeah. Well, we've heard that before. (laughs) Yeah, we heard that before. Hopefully we don't hear that from Dean here in a couple months. Um, Because things are going to start happening pretty quickly. And and that's another thing that I wanted to talk about. You know, obviously, we're not going to dive into the... the super draft on this episode just simply because you're going to see the names drafted and then yeah. we're going to do some deep dives later in the month mm-hmm. or next month when we figure out who these, next, who, these ne- who these players are. You're traveling for the holidays, John. I've got some holiday stuff going on. But then again, right after the super draft is the schedule release. So MLS schedule drops later this week as well on Wednesday. So it's just like one thing after another and then it's free agency. And the one thing I wanted to ask Dean about but I kind of shied off, I, re- I wanted to ask Dean Smith about, and I want to ask Zorn about signings philosophy and what's what's the move. He just brought in the two new international slots. Obviously, those have got to be targeted for some potential players. So I want to ask about that. But the reason I didn't is because his previous answers to like some other questions has sort of indicated to me that he was not really in the mood, in the mode, not the mood, but the mode. He wasn't really able to com- comment definitively on that, so I didn't want to waste my time asking a question with no answer. So yeah, that's because why I, if I was asked a question about that, I would have said, um, "Are you going to use one of?" Well, I guess it wouldn't. I guess you don't have to use an international slot on Josh Sargent. Right, right. You don't. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, but yeah. that was one of the questions I wanted to ask. Like, yeah. hey, like, who, who are we going to get? Who, who have you managed in the past that you're going to bring over here? Right. It's the same question I asked to Greg Evans on the show, right. because. I would be really shocked if there's if there's nobody brought to town that hasn't worked with Dean Smith before. I think that you could get good answers to that in a one-on-one. I don't think in that press conference setting that we were going to get the right info on that. So, uh, right. But it is top of mind, and it's just one, the next thing that comes after the draft, after the schedule. We start talking about signings. We start talking about leaving. Zorn did comment on there's been some leavings. There's been some. We anticipate some goings because there's oh, been some. Let's leavings. talk about that. Uh, I. A report this morning about Camille Uzviak. Yeah, that's true. On on his way out potentially. Um, potentially back to Poland. Back to Poland. Karol Zbyrski, those those rumors are still out there as well. Karol's been adamant about returning to Europe. Mm-hmm. His agent has been adamant about returning to Europe. Mm-hmm. So 
I think the question was posed, you answered it on social this morning about does the Poznan still exist without our Polish players? Because I, I asked you a couple weeks ago, I said, is it possible that Charlotte FC loses every one of their Polish yeah. players this offseason? Right. Because remember, Sobosinski's already gone. Yeah, and Pareba. Pareba was, was yes. not re-upped at Crown Legacy. Yeah. You know, and, he and I, he's moving up to USL somewhere. This is kind of off the wall, and it's just a gut feeling. But when I saw Pareba training with Swiderski back in Europe, <laughs> I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, it's like, this they, is the they're, sign. They're yeah. both like, yeah, we're out of that club. Yeah. Parade is out, they didn't want him. So whereas he's looking around, he's like, wait, there's nobody that speaks Polish right. at the club anymore. Right. Camille's leaving, Sobosinski's gone. Yeah, with Sobo, it was kind of, you got the vibe of just had a young baby, uh, a young baby, just had a, ba- a baby, <laughs> just had a baby, young family wants to get back to, to the old country and, and be closer to his roots. That makes a lot of sense. Camille, I'm not sure. I, I mean, he's always a, Camille's like always smiling. If you ever saw him, he's just like always smiling. So who knows what's really going on in his head? But I, it seems just from the very far outside looking in, it looks like a guy that wants to just go back home to me as well. And it affirms or confirms my belief from the very beginning that this was all a package deal. <laughs> Does it no, not? No. Yeah, you you always describe as like the the kid who's on the team just because his best friend is the captain of the team. Yeah, this was all sure. this was yeah. all a coordinated effort to give Carol Swiderski the tools around him sure. to feel comfortable in his American adventure. And and honestly, I don't mind that. No, I think me it's neither. Because Carol was our, is our biggest investment. He still is, right? So right. it's like, why wouldn't you bring in a few supplementary pieces to try to set him up for success? And Carol's had success here, not the ultimate success. Right, and, uh, but my point, and it's always been, Danny, is that Camille Uziak would not be on the squad if Carol Swiderski was not on the squad. Right, and, the evidence, and all the evidence points in that direction. But, but I, you know, there's one last opportunity here the next month or so if Carol moves and Camille stays and that... Yeah, that, that will be proven wrong. And the thing is, Camille did make... Camille had his fans here. There's people here in the Charlotte FC fan base who are a bit much bigger Camille fans than they are Carroll fans. I yeah, mean, and, it's and, not and, like, and I think that's a real conversation, and I think the reason why is because they decided to be to be Camille Uzviak fans before they actually saw him play. <laughs> like, they just liked him. That's true, but I, having done the same thing myself <laughs> on some older players like Alan Franco in yeah. year one and stuff like that, I... I you just want to bond with some. You just want to attach yourself to something, and so you just like, all right, that's it. Like, like George Costanza, like, jerk store, jerk store is the line. We're going with that one, and you just you just lock in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I agree. I'm just like, there's, and with a new club that happens, right? Because yeah. there, it, it reminds me of when we discuss the. The, the idea that there's no club legend yet. Right. There's no, well, there is former players now, but I. Is Fuchs a club legend? <laughs> if he continues to be on the staff and work for the club mm-hmm. for another four years or yeah. so, I think you could argue that he I is. I think you'd have to get the head coach position to become a legend, but yeah, I'm with you. Hey, did you notice something yesterday? I don't know if you did. Nobody really brought it up. I don't think anybody really wrote about it, but I did notice that. Did you realize that yesterday was basically the four year anniversary of the club being announced? That's crazy. I didn't notice, but it is crazy. And did you notice that the day that the club was announced, remember where David Tepper went to the French Quarter, Mm -hmm. and there was a party there, and then down in uh, Loso as well, at Yancey, there was a party. Well, there was a game being played. On the TV, on the TV at Hooligans, yeah, and it was Dean Smith coaching (laughs) against Liverpool, against Liverpool, yeah, and and 
Aston Villa absolutely crushed Liverpool yeah, on that day. Yeah, 5-0 win, I think, right? So you, I mean, shout-out to Matt Chantry and the Westwood Tea Gang. That, that's how I became aware of that connection, and, and I thought it was a really cool flashback to, to highlight. So not only are, are, you know, are these decisions being made by Charlotte FC, is the club changing, but it feels like the stars are almost aligning. Yeah. And that things are happening uh, as this... this the Earth makes the trip around the Sun and hits that same spot, and here we are. This oh, same, and things are kind of lining up in a way that uh, you, you could you could argue is a little bit of destiny, a little I bit got, of fate. I got one more for you. Did you know he also shares a name with the legendary <laughs> basketball coach in North Carolina? <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, that was also another really good, nice uh, moment during the press conference where oh, yeah. where he where Dean Smith. You know, well, here's one thing that you do know: Dean Smith has Googled himself. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he did mention that uh, when he Googled Dean Smith, the the, the legendary basketball mm-hmm. coach uh, comes up, and I think that that back and forth was really nice because it, it it put the people who have been for some reason complaining about the Dean Smith jokes in comparison. Yeah, um, really it kind of put them in 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 their place and made them kind of realize that this isn't actually that big of a deal. That right. this is actually a pretty big connection We're here to, have to a state that has a ton of sporting history and Dean Smith is maybe the biggest name in the state's sporting history. Right. It's just fun. Like, I, can we have some fun with our soccer club and our new manager for fuck's sake? <laughs> Come on. Maybe like, maybe Michael Jordan's a bigger name than, than Dean Smith. <laughs> but, like, but, but, you know, Dino, props to Dino because he, he, he knew he was waiting for the question. He had a great answer prepared of, well, if I can be as successful as he was, then everything's going to work out fine. And then he also had the uh, the four corners thing. He was like, he was like you know, he knows that Dean Smith, the basketball coach, is famous for the four corners. So he's like, you know, our four corners uh, tenets in soccer are a little bit different than what, what well, he coached. Well, but, and again, that's another. But I'm familiar. That's another stars aligning moment because the FA, the Football Association in England, that it does have a four corners right. system, right? And the and Dean Smith had has grown up in this system as part of the English FA, and those four corners are physicality, technicality, tactical play, and mental play. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. I, I think those are the four. But either way, it's like it's, it's it was a real answer, and I, I was. Unbelievably, impre- unbelievably impressed because mm-hmm. for me it was just one of those things where I learned so much about uh, the English FA yesterday because I believe those four corners to be like the uh, the the new four corners of, of the Carolinas, yeah. right? Because we're moving now into a new era. And by the way, a technical, tactical, physical, mental. I think that's what I said. That's all you need, yeah. Not that not, you did, you chose a different order, but yes, that's exactly what you said. Um, so here, let me ask you this question because I'm wondering now I'm thinking is there any chance that Dean Smith didn't really know what he was walking into yesterday he's saying okay my first intro presser in America I've done this five or six times over in England do you think he walked in that presser not sure what to expect and then after a few questions started get here, getting all these softballs from, from the local media it was like ah oh, this is easy I, I could do this all day like like this is nothing compared to the, to the hostile English pressure I'm used to back back uh, across the pond. I wonder if he's like, man, like I, I got it easy over here. It was definitely a change of pace. Because yeah. remember, if you think about the press conference he's he's done recently, it was during two tough spells. Yeah, uh, the Leicester situation more manageable than the Norwich situation. Uh, the, the the Norwich run in the championship was poor. I wanted to ask him about working for the the Norwich 
ownership group, kind of also a couple that owns Norwich. They have for a very long time. Uh, curious what it's like now working with David Tepper, who's, who's, who's obviously owns this club and has done so for a very short time. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, yes. I mean, I think that there was a cakewalk for, for Dean Smith, and I don't think it'll stay that way. Yeah, because this is MLS. Things happen, right. and the, and if and if Charlotte, we're FC, sick of losing. We've been yeah. sick of two seasons of mediocre play. Well, well it, it'll turn south real fast if it doesn't turn north real fast. Right. right. So, one thing I wanted to make sure that we talked about today was realistic expectations. Okay. Because the, when I went back and watched the press conference, when I went back and listened for the key quotes to, to churn out my column. I realized very quickly that maybe I didn't realize in the room at the time because I was listening for interesting phrases to write off of, but I then started to realize that Dean Smith and David Tepper and Joe Labou and Zoran Cronetta, the entire club narrative changed, right? The entire existence so far for Charlotte FC, it's been, let's make the playoffs. Right. Let's... Let's pack the keep. Let's have mm-hmm. a party. And yesterday, that narrative switched to playoffs is not good enough. That was the first thing that both Zorn and Dean said. We're here to win MLS Cup in the and next Joe year that, yeah. or two. Yeah, yeah. Dean said, if we don't win MLS Cup next year, we'll win it the year after that, which is pretty damn cool for sure. That's the And he talked about ambition. And he, he, he had a great joke cracked up the room when he was like, you know, I'm... It, I'm not the type of guy that thinks about getting fired right, right before I started taking a brand new job. And he's like, I'm, it's not about when I leave here. And we talked about this with Greg Evans. And it's like, uh, he's like, I'm here to win. He's like, if I didn't think that we could win the MLS Cup right away, then what would I even be doing here? Which I think that is more of a stock answer than, than the other comments. True, but I heard the conviction behind it, for sure. Right, but I think that's the right thing to say, and I think yeah. anybody who takes a job, anybody that takes any job will say, yeah. yeah, I got hired here because I wanted to accomplish what the goal is, right? Right. But either way, the fact that the entire club narrative has switched to winning MLS Cup mm-hmm. and hosting an MLS Cup game mm-hmm. at Bank of America Stadium. Oh, yeah, host MLS final is what Zorn said. I mean, to me, this this is, and you know, we've waited a, a while on the podcast to discuss this, and, but I wanted to make sure we got to it. This is a serious statement of intent. Yeah. Do you do you believe it? Hundred percent. I mean, that's what the hiring Dean Smith is a statement of intent for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, like, that's the phrase you use. Like to go, to I said this right. I said yeah. to go from to go from a guy who, you know, won in Ecuador and a guy who was Patrick Vieira's assistant, and now all of a sudden they've got a an English Premier League manager who's successfully negotiated promotion campaigns from the championship it's just a whole other level it's like no no disrespect to MAR or Christian Latanzio for what they've done in their lives they're they're accomplished professionals but this is just a whole other level it's like a it's a level up Luke situation you know <laughs> it, is. it is you know poor poor Luke got totally uh, railroaded by the Charlotte FC press conference yesterday after making his appearance on the independent social channels we'll, re- we'll, we'll get it out there we'll help, we'll help spread that word because Luke did a great job in that video he for did. sure he did but it's, it, hey Luke that was a lesson in, and I know you know this that was a lesson in publishing content at the right time. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't make the decision. No, I know. It was a t- yeah. tough, tough time to have that published yesterday yeah. with all the buzz in and around Charlotte FC. Um, but, I mean, for me, I hear that, Danny. And I feel a little bit cautious. I feel a little bit like I hear the bark, where's the bite? Yeah, prove it. 
let's see it, prove it, for sure. And and I think hiring someone like Dean Smith it does prove that Charlotte FC is a proper club, and you'll you'll hear yeah. more about that from my my column. But I need to see something here in the next thirty days. Yeah. Well, how about this? Don't start zero and three. <laughs> you'll already be miles ahead of your both of your predecessors, and. Uh, you know, show something early in, in sport. How about? In, in it's not, I'm not even talking about playing. I'm not even talking about playing games at this point. I'm talking about building ro- the roster. That's where I don't. You don't I, need to show me. Well, on the then field. what I would say is we need just as much of a statement of intent with a new DP because that's what you asked for. As we do with the coaching, right? Because uh, you said yeah. you were looking for one thing this like offseason: superstar signing. Not, I mean, I can't say Messi level because there is no Messi level. Messi is his own level. But I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking like a Frank Lampard level when he was signed by New York City, which I, you know, just popped in my head. Kind of funny, he was one of the other finalists for this job. But just someone of that level, of that kind of name recognition, they can be towards the end of their career. I don't want the, the I don't want the result of what happened when Frank Lampard came to MLS. But what I'm saying is, let's go get someone like that who's just like a superstar. Alternatively, there's other guys who are not star power, but would be so super good. There's a guy playing. Uh, for Leicester, Dean Smith's yeah. old club, uh, Kiernan Dewsbury Hall. He's a British yeah, this kid. Is the second time you've, you've yeah. named him on and the he's show. He's an absolute stud. He had a goal and assist yesterday for Leicester. He's like, he's one of those players that like destroys the championship, but wasn't quite good enough to stay on the pitch when Leicester was in the Premier League. And he was also behind James Madison, but still, like, he he would just like be the best player in MLS. I just, just something like that. Like, some one of these guys who just like. Is a top-level championship player, top La Liga player, not quite good enough to, to make it uh, all the way in the Premier League, bring him over. Well, I, I think maybe a good example of this kind of signing that is not a messy signing and what Inter-Miami is doing is uh, Cucho Hernandez with, yeah, with, with the crew. Kruf. He played we, for Watford. He played on the wing for Watford. Wasn't quite good enough to stick in the Premier League, but dominates MLS. I thought he was good enough to stick in the Premier League and uh, at, a, at a club like Watford, who, by the way, got relegated yeah, and is in the championship point. right yeah, now. Yeah, point, yeah. So he, he still would be playing at Watford if, if And he may leave MLS should. after this great season he had. Right, but either way, um, I, there's and I hate having this discussion without putting a name out there, so I'm going to put a name out there that would be really, really tough to get what potentially could get bought and it's James Ward-Prowse at at West Ham JWP and I I think that what he's doing for West Ham is really great and and what is West Ham playing for this season? Europa at best I think they need to keep their squad big but if they want an injection of cash in this January they might be able to get some some cash for James Ward Prowse. Yeah. You know, and the, the only thing that I would say about James Ward Prowse is maybe he plays a little bit too similarly to Ashley Westwood. You know, we talked about the Westwood ball and his ability yeah. on the on the free kick situation, but but Ward Prowse would be such right. a, a, a a professional signing. And he's even that much better with a free kick, even even than Westwood. I mean, Ward Prowse is just something special with a free kick. It's just. And you, we, you and I have talked about Ward Prowse for a while. And um, by the way, you have to have two last names. Right. Both our suggestions are hyphenated <laughs> last names. I love, you gotta love that. Um, we had talked about how he's too small for the Premier League. Like his, he, his skill set is there. He, we always used to ask ourselves, why is he at Southampton? Why is he at Southampton? Mm-hmm. Why is he still in Southampton? And he finally mm-hmm. gets his move to West Ham, and he's playing well. But to me, this is the, this is the, the summit 
for Ward Prowse mm -hmm. in the Premier League. I don't think he's right. moving anywhere that's a bigger club than West Ham. So he needs to make a decision. Right. Is is he going to finish his career at West Ham? And remember, it could be a summer signing as well. Things don't get done in January. I, I will I will offer the club a little bit of grace to wait until the summer. I will. I agree. I, I will. Depending on if we sell if we sell Carroll in January, we need to bring in a new player in January. Right. If we keep Carroll, then we're not going to bring in a new you player. You know who the better version of, and just because I'm thinking about West Ham, do you know who the better version of Camille Uzviak is? Plays for West Ham. Paqueta? No. Jared Bowen. Bowen, okay, nice. Jared Bowen's a perfect example of a player who was kicking way above his weight. Sure. Jared Bowen was a championship player. Yeah. That was signed by West Ham out of the championship. I forget what squad he was on. Oh, in the championship. Was he on Hull City? I, I, I can't remember. Um, that annoys me that I can't remember because when they signed Jared Bowen, I thought to myself, I'm going to look up Hull, I'm gonna guess. I'm going to put. A, I'm, I'm pushing all my chips in on Hull City. Well, I, you, I think you're going to. I think you're going to lose to the house okay. on that one because um, I, I don't think it's Hull City. But keep going. If if. Jared Bowen is in a perfect example of somebody that came out of a physical league, was injected into an MLS club, or excuse me, a Premier League club like West Ham, and has showed out completely. Yeah. And he's he plays, he plays in a very similar style to to where, to where Camille used yeah. 37 goals and 141 appearances for West Ham for Jared Bowen. Which is way more output than people expected. Since his 2020 move from... Cole City. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. gosh. Always trust the fantasy player. I know where I, I know where all these randoms came from. Man, Cole City. Wow. What a pool. Good for you. I really Man. did not think it was it was Go Cole Tigers, City. Yeah. And I'm not saying Jared Bowen is a guy that, that, that Charles FC could I don't hate Sign. it. I don't hate it. That's a that's a real night. That's a that's a Carlos Heel type of signing, you know, for sure. Like one of those guys who's just at a certain level. He's, he's the winger that we've always needed. Yeah, he is. Yeah, for Jared sure. Bowen. He does the work. He does. He does the work, for sure. I, there's other players too. Yeah, I've, I've, guys that have played for for Dean Smith before. It's funny. I, I was thinking. I was like, I wonder what Anwar Al Ghazi's up to. The guy who used to play for uh, for Dino at Villa, and uh, he got. His contract was terminated in Germany for making uh, controversial statements about the war in the Middle East. So probably not going to be a target for us. But like former uh, Dean Smith players, I think are definitely on the list to uh, to be on the target you know, oh, to potentially come in. You know, he. We're not. I'm not going to say that this was a calculated statement just because we're talking about players. Jonathan Rowe is somebody that Dean Smith mentioned yesterday as when talking about young players. Jonathan mm -hmm. Rowe, the guy he gave, he's like I gave my I gave him his debut and now he's still playing. Right? He's at yeah. Norwich City this year. Yeah, Norwich is is fighting for playoff spots, mm -hmm. and Jonathan Rowe is somebody who is 20 years old, who is in the very beginning stages of his career, who's lighting up the championship. You know, he's somebody that. If Charlotte FC was really interested in, in making a move and beating some other potential Premier League teams to the punch and getting Rowe over here for two, three seasons before then making his move back, that could be another option, right? Because we're thinking about two different ends of the spectrum here, obviously. James Ward-Prowse is somebody that is... 29 and a half. 
Yes, and, and has been 29 and a half for, for what feels like five years at this point. And Roe is, is and, and I only mention Roe because uh, Dean Smith mentioned him by name right. specifically right. and how he wasn't afraid to, to play young players. And, the, and what he said, just whether whether we go sign new young players or we deal with the young players we already have, who I know we're all big fans of, both talking on this mic and listening to that of the speaker, uh, if you're young, if you're good enough, you're old enough. That's what Dean Smith said about playing young players. I thought it was more, probably the best thing I heard of the entire presser, to be honest, here as we it, near the end of the episode, I finally busted out. But if you're good enough, you're old enough, was perfect when you think about Kerwin Vargas, when you think about Patrick Ogman, when you think about the Ben Bender reclamation project, if it was to, if it was to go forth. Like, we got a lot, Brandon Cambridge, we got like so many youngsters, and they, they had to hear, like, if I'm Brandon Cambridge sitting in my, you know, apartment, wondering why I don't own a house, you know, and I hear the new manager come in and say, if you're good enough, you're old enough. I'm saying, all right, it's time to go get, you know, a thousand minutes in MLS this season. Let's go. Love that. Really do love that for a player like Brandon Cambridge, who I didn't mention in my column. I probably should have. I mentioned Vinny Mello, Patrick Algemong, and, um, of course, Kerwin Vargas, who I think Kerwin Vargas has a, if, uh, you know, he, he, he could have a very, uh, it, Starring role to play, absolutely smashed for the Colombian national under twenty three team at the recent yeah. uh, Conmebol tournament this month. This so, past month. So I've got one more topic for you today before we get out of here, and that is because of some chatter I saw on social this morning about Enzo Capetti. Love chatter, um, and I wanted to relate this to something that we really never, never talked about on the show, which was mm-hmm. MLS rule changes for twenty twenty four, the U.S. Open Cup, which by the way, um, we I talked mean, about we talked about on full time roundup, right? But by the way, you can hear Danny and I on Full Time Roundup this week. Check your your podcast feeds for that. I was uh, a guest on Full Time Roundup to recap the the weekend in European soccer. You'll hear Danny and I again on that show later this week to do a full MLS uh, Roundup episode to kind of talk about the league from a from a thirty thousand foot view postseason. We talked about the U.S. Open Cup situation there. We can get into that on another episode, but specifically for Enzo Capetti and. Dean Smith and these rule changes, right? So let's start with the rule changes. Did you see that MLS is now making players, if they go down for a certain amount of time, stay out of the game? Yes. For a s- Immediately thought of Enzo. If you're down for more than 30 seconds, you have to sit out for two minutes, I think. Or 15, might have been 15 no. seconds. Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. 10 seconds. Yeah, if you're like, down for more than 15 seconds, you have to sit out on the silence for two minutes. Right. That's the We can just might as well call that the Copetti rule. I agree. Uh, I mean, I read that and I was like, yeah. Capetti can't stay down. Right. He did. He he can't stay down because of that rule. Otherwise, right. otherwise, it, there would be some matches this season mm-hmm. where Capetti would have legitimately been on the sideline for eight minutes. Right. Because that's that's four times you go down for more than fifteen seconds. That's eight minutes you're on the sideline. Yeah. Ten percent of the game. So he needs to understand these new new rules. Somebody needs to make sure to communicate that with Enzo Capetti. So that's number one. Why I bring up Enzo. And number two, why I bring up Enzo Capetti is that there seems to be a debate happening among the supporters right now about whether Enzo Capetti was a Christian Latanzio signing, whether a, a, a Christian Latanzio signing can get in to a Dean Smith squad. And we've talked about Patrick Ajman a lot in a way that is maybe overarching, overvaluing what he can bring to the club from a goal per 90 point of view I don't know if Patrick Ajimong is the guy that starts and plays 90 minutes every single match but he's somebody that can certainly play more than he did yeah he can play 75 plus but he's also on $70,000 right 
and Enzo Capetti is on a lot more than that as your designated player. So where does Enzo Capetti fit into this squad? Just put your crystal ball on. I'm not asking this as a question like you know anything, but six, seven, eight games into the season, do you think we're seeing something from Enzo Capetti, or are we getting ready to sell him in the summer? That probably will be the the, the window. Is that eight game eight game first first quarter of the season is is sort of like show us what you got, Enzo? Because like I do think the club will give him every chance to succeed. It's 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 just you can't just like piss away the money that we spend on him, and so you have to like sometimes you got to eat cash. Right, hundred percent. At the same time, you can't fall victim to sunk cost fallacy, which is like oh, we paid all this money for this guy, we got to use him. If he's not good, you don't have to use him. Like, uh-huh. but at the same time, you do have to try to make him good. So it's like they're going to work everything they can. I don't think that necessarily Dino's going to build his entire attacking game plan around Enzo, but he is going to try to get the most out of him. He's going to try to like cater to his strengths and what Enzo does well, which is finish moves. And he, you know, Enzo's not a playmaker. He's not a really ball at his feet type of guy. He can. He doesn't mind crossing from the wing, Capetti, but he's really more of a finish moves type of guy. He wants to have that one or two final touches. Uh, that, that scores, that puts the ball in the back of the net, whether it's a header or a, a knee. or you know, <laughs> Remember the one goal he scored this year where it was like it was almost accidental, but it was like, oh, the technique. Just, and it was like, yeah, it looked like he just kind of tripped over his own feet in the ball. And, uh, but, you know, uh, I, I think I, I'm in the mindset right now just because of everything I saw from the most recent evidence of what I saw Enzo brings I'm just like and we when we saw first off A it was great when him and Ajaman were playing together up top uh, with, against the Red Bulls so there's a space for Patrick to play even if Enzo does B uh, Enzo I'm not going to fall victim to that fallacy I'm not going to I'm not going to if, if Enzo has scored no goals in the first five matches I'm going to be like sell him get him out of here absolutely yeah and I think that's why? Sell him for 50% of what you pay to get him the fuck out. Because he is a little I've got to walk on free. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I would. Yeah. I, I've zero. When you, you don't, and this is life advice, when you make a bad decision, don't double down. Right, right. Don't, know, don't throw good money after bad. Recognize, recognize that you've made the bad decision and just kind of leave it there mm-hmm. to be. And I think Charlotte FC ha- will come to the end of that road here and have to make that decision in the next right. six months. Because Enzo's sure. gonna be the one that's going to have to change. Enzo's the one that's going to have to show that he's really in it. I know he got a he got a crown. He's added a crown tattoo to his his uh, tattoo tableau. Was spotted on Instagram recently. All of it, does that mean he's like committed to the crown? I don't think so. I think it just means... I, I'm not a tattoo guy, but what I know from talking to people who do get a lot of tattoos is your tattoos just kind of tell the story of where you've been in your life so it's not necessarily like he loves the crown it's just like oh I was in Charlotte I, the crown was part of my journey I gotta get a crown tattoo I think that's a little bit more of what it's like but. I think he already had a crown tattoo that's possible as well I don't know I, I heard from Bridget that he has was sport a new one but who knows? Okay, well, he's got a new one we'll, we'll, see. we'll he's, see he's got a new one could be bad info this is um, this is the end of the episode but I'm glad that you waited till the end of the episode for a couple reasons um, because I'm, I'm gonna fire off uh, the hot take here just kind of yes. thinking about uh what's going on in and around the club right now. I think that the next 40 days, next 60 days is gonna blow your mind. Wow. I think that you're in for a complete squad overhaul. I think that if you are reading the tea leaves, 
reason why Dean Smith hasn't contacted anyone at the club uh, on the on the player side except for Ashley Westwood is because uh, this keep them all guessing. Uh, this is this <laughs> yeah. is not going to go the way that it has gone with people being brought into the squad just because they're part of the club. That'd be pretty fun to just like clean house, just just be like, all right, five of y'all are done, five, five, five of y'all are out of here. I couldn't even name the five, but it would just be fun. I gotta feel bad for them as people, but it'd be funny to see Dean just clean house. I think that the five would be Enzo Capetti, Camille Yuzviak, Carol Swiderski, Guzman Carujo. And Yeri Urinen. Yeah. I think that could be a five quick guys that you just say, like, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. I'm good on the experience. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, yeah. I appreciate everybody for being here. But you said I'm, you were but good I'm on good. Burn. You said you were good on Burn. He came good. Yeah. Nathan yeah. Burn. You know, yeah. And by the way, Nathan Burn's somebody, a lot of championship experience. I think he's going get to get on well. Yeah. With the new I think Burn, yeah, Bernie will, will get on yeah. very well for sure. Burn, and Burn, Burn's got the best smile on the squad, so uh, keep, keep him around. Yeah, for sure. It's. It, it, it's an amazing take. 60 days from now is right when we will be finishing up the Coachella preseason tournament, if you look yeah. at the calendar. So, you know, you tell me in 60 days I'm going to get my mind blown at Coachella. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> you know, I, I, it won't be the first time. It won't be, you know. Uh, it's been a great episode. And by the way, those five players that I just named, I'm kind of regretting saying you're urinating because maybe he's somebody that sticks around. Yeah, I mean, we put. Some, I think he'll stick around. I don't think he's a I, – I know why you said it because he didn't really – like, what did he really show us? Yeah. He was hurt half the time. But he was taking some corner kicks. I think – I don't know. I think he's, he's got some skills. But I just want to see Lindsay out there, so – Yurnin, Yurnin is like nothing against him, but he just like he was signed at a time whenever like he was pursued at a time whenever it was like we need a left back, we need a left back, we need a left back, and then during the time it took to get him, Burn and Lindsay emerged as like this really good fullback pairing, and then it was like so we bring him in and it's like well we actually kind of had solved the problem already with Burn and Lindsay so ah, whatever everyone's job is up like you said everyone's fighting for the job and by the way my take could be wrong where. Dean Smith ends up just taking over the players that the club already has because the club believes that it was the manager that was the issue and the and the new manager is going to get the best out of these players. That could happen. I think there's some of the belief for sure. You go back to the drop points thing. I mean, we have a yeah. core of players, but I like your take. And I hope it's proven correct. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Bram. Danny Bram, cheers to you. Uh, did you polish off that entire uh, pot of French press? I did, bro. And I, I've, I've crossed the line into jittery here before I go into the office, so... So it's great to see you this Rip morning. Rip my co-workers. Uh, great to be here at Muggs here in, in South Charlotte on Park Road. Make sure you get over here. Um, good vibe. People working, people chatting, hanging out. Uh, just uh, less than a week away now from, from Christmas. I hope everybody has a great holiday season. And until next, yeah, until next time, Danny Bramps. For the crown, baby. During its four years of existence, two of them on the field, Charlotte FC has proven to be strong in the face of adversity. The COVID-19 pandemic forced the club to delay its inaugural season. MLS didn't ask, it told. Miguel Angel Ramirez was appointed manager and immediately isolated himself from the players, which caused unsalvageable locker room issues. Anton Walks' tragic death before the 2023 campaign made things extremely difficult for players coaches, and supporters alike. None of this has been easy. It might never be. New Charlotte FC manager Dean Smith called for a siege mentality 
when speaking with a packed house of media members during his introductory press conference on Monday morning. Quote, our job is to make sure we make every team that comes to play us at Bank of America Stadium dislike it. We want to make a siege mentality where it's us against them. Protect the keep is a battle cry. Charlotte Soccer Show listeners will know all too well. This time, it's for real. The Crown is a new club in a growing league, and no one in MLS is going out of their way to help Charlotte become one of the biggest clubs in the country. A siege mentality is a collective state of mind in which a group of people believe themselves to be constantly attacked, oppressed, or isolated in the face of negative intentions of the rest of the world. Us against the world is the type of philosophy that accomplished manager Dean Smith has brought to the Queen City. Smith said, quote, If I sat here and said I haven't come to win MLS Cup, then I shouldn't have been hired. The role is to be as ambitious as possible. My ambitions are to bring the MLS trophy here, end quote. The new gaffer, he's already playing on his front foot. Quote, my driver has always been to prove people wrong, he said. People will say it's going to be really, really tough for a club that's only two years old to win MLS, and that's already my driver. Smith also preached togetherness at Monday's press conference. Once you get a culture that's together and you get momentum, it's very, very difficult to stop. And that's what we need to create here, Smith said. The only player Smith mentioned by name was, of course, Captain Ashley Westwood. The new manager will rely on Westwood to keep this changing squad together in the coming months. Quote, I don't know Ashley Westwood, but I reached out to him because my teams have played against him. Just to get a feel from him about the roster and the league, he told me how difficult MLS is. One specific group of people should be extremely excited about Smith's appointment. Young players. Quote, if you're good enough, you're old enough, Smith shared with the group of assembled media and supporter group presidents. Smith went on to talk about giving Norwich's Jonathan Rowe his senior debut when he managed the Canaries. The 20-year-old Rowe is tearing up the championship this season and showing unbelievable promise. Interested parties that quickly come to mind are Patrick Ajamang, Kerwin Vargas, and Vinny Mello. Quote, my job is to develop players. If I develop players, then the team develops. If the team develops, then we start winning soccer games. End quote. The era of Christian Latanzio ranting about experienced players is over. Sporting director Zoran Cronetta was also at the podium and quickly switched the club's narrative to accomplishing loftier goals. Quote, we are not happy to be a playoff team, just a playoff team. We want to be a winning team. We want to be the team to host the MLS Cup one day in Charlotte and in the Carolinas. Cronetta won't hide from the fact that he got it wrong with both Miguel Angel Ramirez and Christian Latanzio. 
But those experiences have taught him valuable lessons. Charlotte Soccer City is told Smith and Cronetta have assistant coaches circled who have extensive MLS experience on their resumes. Stay tuned for more on that. Atrium Health Performance Park is buzzing with energy heading into the 2024 season. And Charlotte FC supporters are feeling that same emotion about Smith's hire. Everyone is on the same page. Everyone is together. There is no doubt the club got this right. Less than five years into the club's existence, Charlotte FC has become a proper football club by hiring Dean Smith. 